Hi, welcome to DRS Top Picks. My name is Scott Vassilotti. Hi, I'm Drew Martin. I'm Ryan Kite. My name's Frank Regano. And this episode, we are talking about our three favorite wrestlers of all time. This is a very important topic to me because this is one that has been around my life on and off. Growing up, I had action figures, I had TV shows on, and got away from it for a little bit. But since, I guess, uh, times that are abound us, I'm spending a lot more time in front of the television, and that means trying to find new things to watch. Sports have been away, but wrestling's here to stay. So I've gotten in touch with uh, a few friends that have all been watching at the same time, and they're here today, and we're all going to talk about our favorite wrestlers. So why don't you go ahead and start us up there, Scott? All right, so um, I do find it weird that during, like, this quarantine that happened, it's like everyone just started watching wrestling. Like, I everyone. felt like everybody, everybody started watching wrestling. I hadn't watched wrestling in years, and I ended up getting the network and the WWE network, and I would just watch – I watch old pay-per-views and Monday Night Raws from, like, 1998 and stuff. It's yeah. just – that's when I watched it, and, and it was so much fun, and – no, very little now, but I have definitely had a ton of fun rewatching, you know, uh, some of those old pay-per-views and stuff from childhood. So I was happy Ryan picked this topic, but I just, I always think it's so strange how during this time, everyone's like, so uh, what pay-per-view did you watch last night or whatever? It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what, there's nothing really, on. So I'm, uh, I'm really glad we're joined today by Frank. Uh, Frank, of the four of us, you are easily the most consistent fan of wrestling can you tell us a little bit more about your history with wrestling for sure so i mean as a kid you know when you would go to blockbuster and my grandma would never let me rent like a rated r movie so like i got around that by being like let me get survivor series 93 <laughs> i want to see undertaker versus fake undertaker and i i want to know you know i want to i want to see you know men on a mission fight the quebecers that's that's what i want to see um so you know it started like that that's really how i got into it was like the colossal videos and like watching all the old things and you know it kind of grew from like okay monday nights you know live it was kind of fun like looking back at the monday night war and living in it and watching it every week and like flipping back the channel back and forth without realizing what what's going on and how unprecedented it was and then you know leaving it for a while as i got older um and when coming back to it like i feel like it was one of those things like you might not know everybody when you come back but the idea is still there right like, yeah absolutely and it's interesting because i think it's almost universally a part of our childhoods my brother and I grew up watching wrestling together. We would bet each other quarters and we would practice moves on each other. And one fateful day I dropped him on his head while performing uh, the tombstone. Uh, it, was a, it was a rift in our relationship for a while, but I kind of faded out with wrestling. I would watch it periodically. I had actually gone to a couple of live wrestling events, things like Raw and... SmackDown. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been to some Raw and SmackDown events and even some amateur stuff. But, uh, you know, really during, as you mentioned before, Ryan, the quarantine era, I really got full force back into wrestling. It was it felt like the one live real thing that was still happening in the sports world. Completely. Yeah, and it just it, it really... Um, it, it, was, it was a wonderful opportunity for me to reconnect with something that I found to be exciting and fun and to re-enter that world. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and hit you with my number three. Uh, this might be a bit of a hot take, but it is CM Punk. Uh, more notorious than virtually any other wrestler in the last couple of years. Punk established himself as something of a workhorse. You know, he started in his own backyard wrestling ring he fought his way up he absolutely proved himself uh through hard work and discipline and you can tell listening to his you know his promos and watching his character he's not an easy person to get along with he's super opinionated his whole persona is based on this straight edge lifestyle that he promotes and he's very uh, forward about his opinions, uncompromising, and 
in the short period that he was champion, it was extremely controversial. He felt like he was never given credit for his accomplishments. He was derided, he felt, by a lot of other people. Uh, and he really had to fight and scrap to prove that someone who doesn't fit the regular model for like heavyweight champion could still hold that title. He was the anti-Triple H, you know? And I think it's that ethos that made me such a big fan of punk. Um, obviously, you know, he liked all the same music as me. He promoted the straight edge lifestyle, which I think is a great thing to promote for kids. Like, you know, I don't think that's a lifestyle everyone should live, but it's interesting to have one of your heroes talking about not drinking, not smoking, not doing drugs. And, um, you know, for that reason, I think that he has a very staunch moral code. And no matter what, the guy was amazing on a microphone. Um, I think we all know about the infamous promo, uh, Ben to Raw, where they gave him the microphone and just allowed Punk to say everything that he ever thought and felt about the wrestling world. And that it's single-handedly... Oh my God. And Ryan, I don't know if you heard this speech from punk. Uh, he, it's called the pipe bomb, the yeah. pipe bomb. This, this shook everything up in the wrestling world. If you ask me, he he called everyone down to the floor, all of the McMahons, uh, John Cena, everyone, and just questioned the entire system. And I don't necessarily agree with everything that he said, but the fact that he had the audacity to say it, uh, I think firmly establishes him as one of my favorite people going up against the establishment and being vocal and articulate about problems that he was seeing for all those reasons and a sweet finishing move. I love the go to sleep. I definitely fall number three CM Punk. Not bad. Uh, with my number three, it was related to video games. There was one called WWF WrestleMania for the Sega Saturn. <laughs> and uh, it felt very familiar because it was done by Midway, which if people have been paying attention in uh, the podcast series that we've done, I love NBA Jam. So they also made a wrestling game that felt very arcade-like. And you have the whole host of uh, guys that are pretty popular at the time, uh, Yokozuma, uh, Undertaker, and uh, my number three pick, Razor Ramon. Woo! Uh, Scott Hall. Uh, kind of like the, uh, I'm going to call him the anti-CM Punk. Like, he yeah. basically <laughs> is like CM Punk, but he was like, oh, yeah, drugs? Give them to me. Oh, alcohol? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. So, whatever the opposite of straight edge is, bent edge, I don't know. Uh, no I edge. went back and, uh, like, so. No edge, that's this, right. Right. I would go, I, I would play this game with my brother, and then we weren't really watching like wrestling on television. We just had the video game uh, that we rented from uh, the store one time and just played, you know, the ever loving snot out of it. And I kept playing Razor Ramon because he had the best finisher in the game. So that was the only way I could beat my brother. And then, you know, go back and watch some of like uh, Scott Hall's uh actual promos and stuff and to say awkward and amateurish <laughs> at best like here's this guy from as i'm reading uh from saint mary's uh county in maryland pretending oh, to local. be local pretending to be cuban and a great <laughs> great uh interpretation of what he thinks a cuban is i guess uh he's in the promos, like, he's just, like, misogynistic, just, you know, complete, like, dunderhead, you know, just rock-brained and everything else, you know. But he's he's a heel, and I just love heels, you know. He's so, a perfect heel, Ryan. And I, I seriously, I thought strongly about throwing him on my list. I love Razor Ramon that much. He just Dude. seemed so cool and in control every time Tooth he showed up. in the mouth. Just walking in, that's the guy, you know, he didn't know anybody, you know, so there you go. What about you, Frank? What's your number three? Um, just real quick with Razor Ramon. One of my first memories was the, the ladder match against Shawn Michaels, um, which is like a legendary match. Um, <laughs> it really set the stage for what ladder matches could be before we saw them. I, I, might, I, I don't know if it was the first one or not. I'm sure there was one from like the 80s where they – had like a briefcase on the top or something like that but um that ladder match just 
made wrestling cool. It was something totally different um, and really changed his character at the same time. Uh, for, for me, for number three, I, I tried to think a lot about what wrestling means, right? It means something different to everybody. Some people are there for the promo. Some people are there for the character work. Um, my number three is Chris Jericho. And the reason I love Chris Jericho is because in the course of the 25 years he's been on TV, um, he's done a dozen characters. He's been the Lionheart, like the good guy who wants to fight for what's right. And then he's done the guy who, um, you know, calls out all the luchador wrestlers in WCW and makes like totally terrible names for them. Um, And then he's Y2J, right? And he's this huge deal and they build him up. And then he's corporate Jericho. And, you know, in AEW, he's like reinvented himself as Le Champion. He doesn't even have a title and he's the champion. You know, he, (laughs) he, he finds a way every time to go away for like six months, a year, tour with his band, be cool. Um, totally forget about him, right? And then he comes back, and you're like, oh, he's going to be the character that I just saw. And he's like, no, no, I don't say that catchphrase anymore. Here's my new catchphrase. Yeah. And it can be like Dingleberry Tutu, and you're like, that's the best thing I've ever heard somebody <laughs> be called. I want to see somebody punch Jericho for that. You know, like, and he puts it on a shirt and sells thousands yep. and thousands yep. of them. Um, you know, another reason with Jericho is he has his own podcast. He really started the podcast craze for wrestling mm-hmm. um, and gets guests on there. Sometimes he has wrestlers. Sometimes he has musicians. Sometimes he has people who are like flat earthers just so he can hear their opinion. It's not that he's like agreeing with them. He just is sharing their opinion and just being like, tell me about why you believe that ghosts are real. And they're like, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, AJ Styles, if you could <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> funny enough yeah it's aj styles every week is just a new uh <laughs> a new conspiracy theory uh, aj styles pulled up in his minivan so, with a soccer yeah. mom hair <laughs> so so you know what i would ask you guys about chris jericho is um a man of like a what i'd say a dozen characters right like what what memories do you have of him because i feel like everybody here agrees that chris jericho is like a legendary character yeah. like scott like i saw you not immediately so like what is your memory of jericho my favorite memory of Jericho, and I was never a huge WCW guy, but I did watch the Monday Night Wars. I was always a WWF guy. So Nitro and Raw, but it was always on Raw. But I did love Jericho, and I probably have like two favorite memories of Jericho. One was he was trying to feud on WCW with Bill Goldberg, who was their big star, and Goldberg did not want to wrestle him. So he would always just cut these. So that was, like, true. Like, Goldberg backstage didn't want to wrestle him. So Jericho took that opportunity to take the microphone and just make fun of him on air and would never call him Goldberg. He would just call him Greenberg. So (laughs) it was so great. Um, And then my my other favorite memory of uh, Jericho is his his raw debut when the millennial countdown hit zero and he interrupted the rock the pop that that i believe that was in chicago that that pop that he came when this when it's a jericho on the titantron and and he got that big of a reaction i know bischoff and wcw had to be like why did we let this guy go yeah i just got chills as you bring it up because i yeah. like the the sound when you see his name on the titantron and then the crowd like reacts to it. And like there are yeah. people with signs in the crowd, but like, like I just got the chills like thinking about that because I watch it all the time. I watch that clip all the time. It's so yeah. fun to watch. Frank, yeah. to answer your question, I don't have a specific Jericho moment. I didn't follow his career very closely at all, but I do know that his finisher, that walls of Jericho move is just pure class. Like he, he is a consummate professional. Every time he comes out, you're not going to get half-assed work. You're going to get wholehearted, yeah. old-school, totally awesome wrestling. Like and he has no problem putting people over, to continue your point, Drew. Like he has no problem putting new talent over. Uh, I can only speak really from AEW because that's the one I've really – this is the first show I've really started watching a whole ton. But seeing Jericho in his age now still doing, like, backflips off the ropes and everything, you know, and it, it's just – he – Yes, he's a guy that tours and does music, but he's still a wrestler at heart. 
And oh my goodness, when he's on the announcing booth, like if that's his next career, yep. like when he retires from wrestling, like hearing him call people pumpkin headed idiots, or it's just, it makes you like just giggle with glee. Yeah. It's just the funniest stuff in the world. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great, it's, there's a ton of, like I said, there's a ton of memories. You can point to a thousand things, right? I'll always think about like in WCW, he, they gave him promo time and they said, you have three minutes. And he was like, okay, I'm going to do this promo on the guy. I'm going up against D Malenko, who is the man of a thousand holds. And he's like, I have a list of a thousand holds. And he brings out like this computer paper from like, uh, whatchamacallit, like elementary school that's all attached to each other. Dot matrix printer. <laughs> and he's like, yeah you know move number one irish whip number two arm drag three body slam four arm drag and like he does it through the commercial and like they let him go through a commercial and just let him keep going i I showed that clip to my to my brother a couple weeks ago because he never watched wcw but he loves jericho so we found that clip and we watched it he's a Yes, he, his rival is Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holds. So Jericho is a man of a thousand and four holds. <laughs> and and the, every, like, when he's saying that list, every fourth hold is arm bar. So <laughs> perfect. Yep. It, it sounds yeah. padded. It, it's great. He, he talk, there's stories on his podcast about how he talks about he carried around a, a, a clipboard, a board. Like he had to carry his, his props through the airport for this feud, but he carried them everywhere he went just because he wanted people to think about him and Dean. Malenko. Um, Scott, I'm going to turn it to you for your third, man. Sure, my you got third is uh, the, the, he's the biggest star in the world in Hollywood and everything, and it's The Rock. Um, the Rock you know, is... Wow. Um, <laughs> yes. The Rock is... Every, everyone loves The Rock. Um, I love The Rock. Um, I hated him when he first came into the WWF. Everyone did, hence why they changed his. Actually, he changed his character right away because the babyface good guy just got booed like crazy. It was terrible. And then he joined the Nation of Domination back like when wrestling was at like its peak with DX and the Heart Foundation and the Nation of Domination and all that. And I just loved him. He is just a genius on the microphone. Like yes. no one is. Be- I think the two best people on a mic are Jericho and The Rock and. Shawn Michaels would be third, and he would be, like, I think significantly lower than them. Like, um, I think that those are just the two best promo microphone guys. And um, The Rock was so much better as a heel, in my opinion, and he was so good. 100%. So good as, like, the bad guy, but he was so good at being a bad guy, which is a problem that Jericho had as well. They were so good and so funny that – they ended up just being cheered anyway. Like they were, mm-hmm. they were, they were supposed to be who the crowd hates. Instead, that's who the crowd loved. Like I remember um, back to Jericho real quick when I was at a Monday Night Raw. Jericho was calling the crowd idiots, and they are cheering for him. Like, <laughs> like literally, like they love it. Everyone there, but they just love them. The Rock would do the same thing. Like, and I highly recommend when his character was Hollywood Rock right before he ended up leaving. Um, he does a rock concert in Sacramento, California, when the Sacramento Kings were really, really good um, in basketball. So he would play all these songs just making fun of Sacramento and how they would always lose in the playoffs to the L.A. Lakers. So whenever he said that line, everyone started booing because it was in Sacramento. And then instantly they just started, like, cheering for him. Like, he's literally <laughs> putting down like, that. Yes, we city. suck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's coming out that city. They boo him, and then they just cheer him because he was that good. His charisma was just colossal. Like that. all the Rock wrestle a ton of times on Monday Night Raw and stuff. And I saw when I was in, I think sixth grade, we went to WrestleMania 15, and it was the first Rock versus Austin in Philadelphia. So um, that was all he lost, but it was. He, he was he's amazing and he's the biggest star in the world right now i was so. gonna say big stars don't lose on those nights because the fans walk away only talking about them anyway so now, scott i'll tell you one person who doesn't approve of the rock and that's unfortunately your spouse who once derided him oh, as being yeah. a c-lister uh <laughs> that's an inside joke but even even his move set is so classic when when you see the rock bottom or the people's elbow winding up, the pop it would get from the audience was just unreal. 
um, the way he would antagonize people, you know, calling them Rudy Pooh candy asses and talking about how he's clanging and banging in his gym. That's the thing, right? Like he, he, he did such a special job of getting you to remember the most asinine like schoolyard comebacks right but he made yes. it cool he, he made it so you wanted to to go in and call your art teacher a jabroni this jabroni pie eater tells me one more time to clean up my art station i'm gonna hit him with a rock bottom yeah, and like that's right <laughs> he sold things so well and he had like a legit passion for it and you can see it even when he came back and you know wrestled cena and all that like he was all into it no matter what yeah like, whatever he did he he made it matter yeah uh, he wasn't there for a paycheck or to to boost a movie that he had coming out like he was there because he loved it um yeah he also with with some of his comebacks and i i say this like all the time um like just joking around with like my wife um like he would ask somebody like you know what your name is or what he would ask you a question and then right before you would answer it he would just interrupt you and say like it doesn't matter what your name is like, or like, the one will uh, be oh, very careful with this uh shut up b-word yeah. <laughs> and uh so i mean he, he was great so drew what about your number your number two pick here so I'm wearing the shirt right now. Uh, I'm wearing a New Day shirt. It features a tie-dye unicorn throwing pancakes out. Uh, my number two. Is better? Uh, it is Kofi Kingston. When I hear the intro song for the New Day and I see Big E and Xavier and Kofi come out, I get excited like, uh, like I'm 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 ten again watching wrestling, you know, with my little brother on the weekend. I get so amped up because you just don't know what's going to happen when Kofi shows up. There's one thing that you're guaranteed, and that's that he will almost never touch the mat. The guy jumps and seems to fly the rest of the match. You will never see the man phone a match in. You will never see him give anything less than a hundred percent. He is acrobatic to a level that is astonishing. He's charismatic. He's a really, he seems to genuinely care. I listen to his podcast, the, the New Day podcast, and I, I find myself becoming more and more and more interested in him as a person. Um, and I think that kind of shows through in his character. Um, he just seems to live this like really positive, affirming lifestyle that I totally vibe with. Uh, another thing is just, he's into all the same things that I am. I mean, the, I'll never forget the event where the entire New Day tag team fell out of a box of cereal called Bootios, dressed as Saiyans uh, from Dragon yep, Ball. Exactly. Uh, yep. Yeah. That was the first time you saw them, right? Wasn't that your introduction to the New Day? And Frank, was... you you told me about it. And, like you didn't tell me exactly what was going to happen. You just told me, watch this. And you saw my reaction in that moment when I saw three men come out dressed like Saiyans, ready to throw down at WrestleMania, I just lost my ever loving mind. I mean, just it, level it was, some memes right there that you just couldn't comprehend. You're like, they do that? Like, yes, yeah, and, sir, they do. Welcome and they, back. And they, they, they do <laughs> such cool, creative things with their costumes. Like, you know, Kofi works very closely with – the whole team does, but Kofi in particular works with their costume designer and, like, you know, big pieces like their paint-by-numbers gear that they were wearing for Elimination Chamber and, like, just every time it's something new and subtle and like pretty geeky. Um, they had like a Sonic the Hedgehog set of gear. Um, another thing I love about Kofi is he has this ongoing uh, kind of gag where every, um, uh, every Royal Rumble, he gets thrown out and somehow saves himself at the very last second through some acrobatic feat. Uh, one time he landed on a desk chair. Another time he was thrown onto uh, Big E's back and carried back to the ring. Another time he just did a handstand and walked himself back into the ring. I think that was like 2014, his first one. 
there's so many things, right? Like there's so many things that he does that make you be like, how's he going to top that? Like, how's he going to, and then the next year he's like, I'm going to spring off the ropes, land on the guardrail in front of a fan, probably scare them to death. Then I'm going to walk that, jump back, land on the stairs, come back in the ring, deliver a drop kick, eliminate two guys, win the yeah. WWE title, <laughs> and celebrate with my kids because you just, it can't even be, it can be how sweet. And then I'll be, stream right? some video games after all this, you know. Like, so let's, yeah. let's hang out. It's the most have a great wholesome time. thing in the world. All right, Rob, what about you? What's your uh, number two pick? I uh, have to give uh, full credit to Frank for this guy. Uh, my number two is MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Uh, I am a huge fan of storytelling. And uh, Frank was saying earlier, uh, guys are in for wrestling for different reasons. My biggest reason, I love stories. So guys that can cut promos uh, and can tell a good story. Uh, being a heel is a great add to the whole process. Uh, to the package. Um, MJF is a wrestler that's been at the, sh- the company since the start. And he is uh, pretty young. I think he's only like 20 some, but I'm telling you, uh, this guy is destined for greatness. Like he, when he gets a microphone in his hand and starts just ragging on the audience, calling them all kinds of names and all that stuff. And the audience, uh, kind of like with the, uh, uh, the rock and everything else, they just feed into it. They're all cheering him on as he's insulting them. Uh, his whole promo is, is he's this uh, like Ivy league Argyle wearing uh, his uh, uh, he wears a, uh, what is it? Like a Burberry scarf scarf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> around himself. And uh, his tagline is I'm better than you and you know it. Uh, so Frank and I went to an AEW show in Baltimore and uh, on the uh, next, next to the ramp, uh, we see MJF coming uh, down the way, and he's not even looking at us. We're just off the side, and looking straight forward, he pops his gum out and just whips it at a random uh, guy in the audience that catches it right in his like face afterwards. And I was <laughs> like, "That's such great heel work! Like that, I, that's just so refreshing, just to think that." <laughs> You know, oh, here's this guy who's just disrespecting random fans and all that stuff. He'll call people out if he doesn't like certain uh, signs and uh, all that junk. Like, he's – I mean, he's also, like – he's not like a – I wouldn't put him in like a – like a modern day, I got to surrender my body to do something to amaze people. He kind of reminds me of an old school wrestler. It might be more strong style uh, power wrestling than anything else. Very old school. You know, he's so, not going to do, like, your big jumps and flips and all that stuff, you know. But I think he's just golden in front of a microphone. And every time he's on, like, I'm just tuned in. Absolutely right. so, tuned in. So, Ryan, as you mentioned, MJF, you know, and, and people who don't know him, right? Because he's newer. He's 23, 24 years old. He's newer. Yeah. He's, he is at the top of a promotion. But people who haven't seen AEW might not know him, right? So, how do you, you know, if you were going to sell Drew – on this is the guy you have to watch because you're going to regret it in 10 years if you don't what is like a moment is there a moment on tv or a pay-per-view or a video you saw on youtube i have one in my head but i'm just curious what yours is that makes oh, uh, how would the, you sell drew uh, on mjf the 2019 uh buy-in for the pay-per-view when he walks down the ramp and calls out uh what was it hangman adam page in front of uh, bret hart and just cuts a great promo right from the ramp. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, he comes out and immediately everybody's like, who's this guy? And then by the end of his, like, three-minute promo, like, on the ramp, everybody's just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I know him now. Like, I, I'm, right. I need merch. Like, that's like a wrestler's <laughs> way of, a fan's way of saying, I love this guy. Sure. But it's like, I'm going to the merch bet, like, just for this guy. Like, you know, sure. absolutely. Uh, YouTube, uh, 2019 buy-in. Uh, when he talks, I think at that point in time, it was a weird, like, backstory. Like, Hangman's horse passed away or something like that. And I think MJF made a reference to that about turning it into glue. Like, it just really crossed, like, this very, like, uh, well, that's not a nice thing to say, but he's a heel. So, he just leaned right. into it and something like that, you know. So, there you go. What about you, Frank? What's your number two? All right. So, my number two is going to require a lot of uh, crowd participation um, because oh, yeah. this guy is – 
an A plus, A plus, and should be number one on a lot of lists. Um, but you know, it makes my number one feel that much more special to me. But it's the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh okay? yeah! <laughs> you know, and Slim to Slim Jim, brother. <laughs> right, like everybody has those memories, right? From like Slim Jim commercials to the time that Jake Roberts had his snake bite him in the in the in the bicep <laughs> and drink the, the steroids out of it blood. right it so gross. to like the, the macho man rap where he calls hulk hogan a punk like there's a man hogan you know there's so many things that make you smile and like god rest his soul um you know he's no longer among the living but like macho man had a way of and any story you hear about him is that he a was super professional in terms of he cared about the business. He cared about how matches were laid out. He cared that people gave everything every time. And if they didn't, he had a problem. Yeah. Uh, but you also heard how he was a paranoid lunatic um, and didn't trust, uh, you know, like they, they had a storyline in WWF back in the day that like he thought Hulk Hogan was stealing Miss Elizabeth and they were having some affair. And then like come to find out, like he truly believed it. Like, years and years later um you know like he, he believed that everybody was after miss elizabeth and and so being he was a crazy man he's legitimately crazy um so what i want to see and open it up and spend my time is you know go around the circle and just give me a macho man memory that that sticks out to you guys mine mine will always be the him and miss elizabeth like reuniting in the ring um where you know she comes in attacks sherry martell and like throws her down and like Macho Man is looking at the crowd like, should I hug her? And it's like, yeah, you idiot, get in there. <laughs> you know, get in there, you big dummy. Like, get get it, get Miss Elizabeth back. This is your chance. But, like, that always sticks out to me when I think of the Macho Man. But, you know, um, Drew, tell me, man. You, I know you have plenty of Macho Man. Give me one. Uh, I would have to say, correct me if I'm wrong, Macho Man really only was put over on Hulk Hogan once, right? Like, for the championship. Um, I don't think. No. I don't think he ever got over. On I don't Hulk. think he ever got. I, I think even I in WCW, yeah. he lost. He was the one who had the title when the the Mega Powers exploded, and and he lost it to Hulk, and then Hulk lost it to the Warrior, and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, I, I thought he had won once during WrestleMania, but no, maybe not. Maybe yeah, I'm not, thinking yeah. of. Uh, he, he was kind of always on the losing side of matches, like. The only thing I think he won was he he won the WWF title at WrestleMania over Ric Flair, I believe. He beat the mm-hmm. Warrior. He beat the Warrior. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, so he there was so yeah he but I mean he, him and him and Hogan had some legendary the Mega Powers exploding was like a comic book. It, that's you know, <laughs> it was this huge ordeal like that was got like national news when they broke up. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick one moment, I God, it's so hard. I mean, like it's not really the moments it's the whole collective like his energy was so spontaneous and just wild and untamable um no one knew what he was talking about half the time like during his promos and stuff like that like the things that were coming out of his mouth were sheer stream of consciousness and absolutely almost like almost genius but uh just that energy, like, I think he left this indelible impression on the wrestling world where, like, everyone can do a Macho Man impression because he was that much of a cult of personality. For me, um, I'm, it has to be the rap album. It's not even wrestling-related. It's when I saw a commercial for the Macho Man Randy Savage making a rap album, and I thought it was fake, but it's real. And yeah, he has a song called Be a Man, Hogan. And it's like, he literally wrote a rap song about how he doesn't like... Dude, it was a diss track is what it was. like a diss CD. A diss CD, yeah. He had no respect for those quote-unquote jabronis. Compared compared to Hulk's... Yeah. Compared to Hulk Hogan's music, it was way better. I mean... Yeah, Macho Man won that hand down. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my favorite memory is the rap album. Ryan, what about you? And then we'll uh uh yeah, real quick. Um I guess I appreciate most uh uh my uh avatar for both my work email, my personal email are two versions of Macho Man. Uh one dressed up like for work is like him all professional looking stuff and just casual and everything else. I appreciate the fact that he seemed like one of the first wrestlers in my mind that uh uh 
broke out into multiple mediums, you know, uh, branding, uh, music, uh, also like with food and everything. And then also with a movie, uh, Ray to rumble where he was bone saw, uh, seeing him in that was, uh, it just, you know, it was just, uh, I don't think I've ever seen him redder, uh, than I ever <laughs> seen him before. I mean, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like wrestlers has certain, like even Hulk Hogan back in the Hollywood days, like was really, really tanned and everything, but bone saw was especially tanned in that movie and stuff. Yeah. So my number two pick is um, it's, it's what Frank said for his number three pick, and it's it's Chris Jericho. So we talked a lot about him, but I'll just I'll just say I, I love the guy. His as Frank said, his podcast is is great. I don't listen to every episode, but um, he's got a lot of good guests on there, and I'll, I'll check it out. Like his newest one that just came out like a week ago, which which was really good on his you know early career. Um, I thought it was great. Um, he's so funny. He's just a great character. His matches are fantastic. Um, I, my only issue it has nothing to do with him is I hated how when he was in the WWE, WWF, whichever it was at the time, um, he was intercontinental champion like nine times or something like that. But when it came to the heavyweight champion, he was only in, I think, three times. And he never had like that long run he was always kind of like that place he was he would be champion for a month or two and then he would lose it and like that that's like he should have been champion for so much longer because he was so <laughs> so good but nothing on him it, it was some of the booking but i love jericho we talked a lot about him so uh drew let's go over to uh your number one i'll i'll say it all right here and maybe you guys saw this coming but Booyaka, booyaka. It's Mr. 619. It's always got to be. Um, my number one, without a doubt, is Ray Mysterio. I'm holding Ray up Mysterio. my T-shirt here. Um, <laughs> True's got Ray all the props Mysterio, man. Ray Mysterio. I, talk about your hard workers. Talk about a guy who wrestles and speaks from the heart. I mean, he doesn't talk often. He's more wrapped up in his persona of this, like, mystery man. For those who don't know a lot about him, uh, you've probably seen him. If you've seen anything wrestling-related in the last, like, 20, 30 years, um, he's, he's a career professional. You know, he's one of those people who's been around for several decades for a number of reasons. Um, but, I mean, just an incredible person. Um, I was watching a short documentary today with my wife on the WWE Network where he was talking about uh, bringing his son into, uh, into WWE and they'll be fighting uh, this Sunday on the SummerSlam card. Um, oh, wow. His son's yeah. wrestling? Yeah, his son's in it. Um, and Dang, uh, drive I, together. I mean, it was it – was, it was, I don't know. We were both touched. We we both got like misty eyed watching this guy talk about his son. And I, I will put it this way. He's a family man. He lives by a code. Uh, he's, he's just always there. And I, again, like Kofi Kingston, um, I really like the high flyers. The guy is incredible. He never touches the ground. He's kind of a, you know, smaller stature. And you wouldn't think looking at him that he's about to unleash holy hell on you. But when you see his his finisher, the six one nine, like for those of you who don't know, he puts his opponent up against the ropes, flips outside of those ropes, and comes right back around and kicks you dead in the face. I mean, it looks brutal, and actually, it hurts him. He talks about the rope burn that he gets every time he does it, uh, and it all culminated with he and his son doing a double six one nine. I mean, talk about a legacy. Talk about, like, you know, just a real family legacy. I love Rey Mysterio. Always have, always will. So, question for you, right? Like, yeah. Rey Mysterio. Um, one of the smaller guys, but, like, the moment he won the world title, finally, you can find that on the network. It's, like, this huge deal. And, and he's always around. And do you have, a, like, a match? Like, every, like I, I like to ask this question when people talk about wrestling because it makes sense, right? Like, what was the moment you knew, like, this was the guy? Was it, like, 
Like, there's got to be one. I, for me, I thought he was great when he got, like, lawn darted by Kevin Nash into a trailer in, uh, when NWO was, like, beating up everybody in WCW. And I was like, I got some YouTube this small later. man <laughs> who put, like, a huge dent in the side of it. Did he die? And I, I, thought, I thought he was dead. And then, and then the next week he's back and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like 12 year old Frank is like, this is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was I, he the first, uh, I'm sorry, Drew, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Rye. I was just curious. Was he the first luchador like in mainstream? No, no, no. no there's, there, there's, there's, there's been others. He just, I think he's the first of this era of that era, the nineties, the attitude era to be um, what I would say on the top of like WCW, WWE. Okay. Like, um, you know, they did people who wore masks typically did not go to the top of the bill in that era. So for him to be a world title contender and world title holder um, mm. was pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, if I, he's had the funny thing about Mysterio is that it's hard to pin down one match because he's fought literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great that he was on a tag team with CM Punk for so long and then they wound up fighting. Like, I think that, you know, makes for a great storyline. Like, I just, I don't know. It's so hard. And what really I marvel at is that they can put him up against virtually anyone and he will hold his own. Like, you can, you can put, like, a lot of wrestlers, you put them up against someone like Big Show and you're like, oh, they're going to get destroyed. But not Mysterio. Like, he can sell <laughs> hits on bigger right. guys like that. Um, I'm totally blanking, Frank. Every time you've asked yeah. for, like, one singular moment, it's been so hard for me to answer that. <laughs> Sorry. And, just, and really... Would, yeah, there's so many for him, in, in all honesty. Like, there's so many. It's seen the 619 the first time. Yeah. It's seen, you know... His, his special costumes for WrestleMania it's going back on the network, right? And watching him at WCW have like a match against Conan from like 1996 and watching them go all out. Like it's, yeah. it's everything. Yeah. Remarkable person. But uh, yeah. Frank, hit us with your number one. Uh, well, I, I'm going to jump Ryan here. It's Ryan's podcast, but I'm jumping. That's fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> a huge deal. Huge deal. Um, so my number one um, is a newer guy. Uh, Newer on the scene, on the mainstream scene, probably the last five or six years. Uh, that's Kevin Owens. Um, yeah. He wrestles in WWE. Um, and the, the, a couple of reasons. One, I, I, I love people who are brutally honest with their character and then also, you know, social media interviews. Um, people who just want respect and, and, and show respect and, and demand it back. And with Kevin Owens, what you see, you can watch stuff from like the indies where he's at like pro wrestling gorilla and he dresses in the same outfit as the young bucks, but he's this guy who's like five eleven, two eighty, And these young bucks are like five, eight, one eighty, you know, and he looks completely <laughs> out of character wearing these frilly pants and he just, he pulls it off. Um, he, you know, he started using the stunner as his, as a finishing move. Cause he got the blessing from stone cold, you know, he's a guy who cares about the pro wrestling past honors it. Um, you know, but also has, has this spirit where like you, you watch, you watch him wrestle and he moves for a larger gentleman. He moves like a luchador. Like he will throw himself over the top. He'll do you know, his opening match in NXT. He busted open his nose because he was so excited. He went 110% and uh, completely busted open his nose. Like he's, <laughs> you know, he had a show called Kevin, the Kevin Steen show on YouTube that you can Google you and and just see the, the kind of the chaos and the character and the the work he put into making his character special. Um, I, that's what I just love. I I love everything about it. I love I love. I I know social media can be a cesspool, but when you see somebody who's like, I love my family. I love my weird looking cat. Uh, you know, I, I love my wife. I when I go to restaurants, please leave me alone. I'm happy to do an autograph for you outside, but while I'm eating with my kid, please go the hell away. Uh, I, I love anybody who has that kind of honesty. And then when you watch him in the ring and you watch what he does and how he does it, um, you know, it's it's just something special. I, I I turn it to you guys and say, you know, what are your thoughts? Like I said, he's a newer guy, so I know it's different. Um, but, you know, like, what are your experiences, if any, or anything? I, like I, I love Kevin Owens. I love his bravado. Uh, the last thing I saw him do, I've been going through the archives and watching a lot of random fights, and he just showed up. 
I want to say it was like an elimination chamber from a couple of years. I think it was the 2019 one. And he showed up with a giant box of popcorn and sat down in the corner of the ring on the announce table and just was hammering handfuls of popcorn into his jaw and just watching the whole thing and just exuded this confidence. Like this was his ring and you were just in it. Um, you know, he does a great job of like building up rivalries. He's confident without being like arrogant. You know what I mean? Like that's a hard balance to create. Um, and as far as his athletic ability goes, he really can move, which, you know, I think a lot of times when you have like bigger statured uh, wrestlers, it's more about like these big punishing power moves. And for him, he just stands head and shoulders above all of that. Like he's not there. He's there to show you he can do everything. He reminds me of an older wrestler, like an older body type where it's not like how lean I can look and how powerful I am. But he's just like, he just looks like a wrestler. I would imagine from like 20 or 30 years ago, you know, just, and like you were saying, Frank, uh, his athleticism cannot be denied. I mean, that guy mm -hmm. is, doing flips and just committing his body 110% to the matches. The few that I've seen, but, like, I've been impressed every time I've watched him. Um, for me, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I haven't seen him. I know who he is, but um, I stopped watching wrestling before he, I guess, like, kind of, like, exploded into the scene. Like, I know he teamed or feuded with Jericho at one point, but I wasn't <laughs> – I wasn't watching it at the time, but I but I had known about it just from his podcast and and stuff like yep. that. But um, so I have some work to do. I'll go back and watch some of the the on the WWE Network. So, right. Sounds like we all have. Some I mean, his opening <laughs> feud they gave him John Cena, and he completely tore the roof off. It was just, like you look up John Cena did the the U.S. Open Challenge, and Kevin Owens was the NXT champ at the time. Shows up and is like. I only wrestle when I want to. And he like left you being like, Oh my God, please fight John Cena right now. Yeah. Um, you know, please for the love of God, throw hands with John Cena. Um, and it's just some of the best, like, I mean, he's naturally a heel. He does the good guy stuff. Well, um, if you, for wrestling matches, what I would recommend, uh, there's an NXT takeover war games from, I want to say two years ago, or it might've been last year's war games uh, where he was a special, uh, he was like the fourth, entrant into like the the main event as a surprise entrant totally blew the roof off did some amazing things the crowd loved it um i would say that in terms of if you want to just see what he's capable of in a match uh if for a feud if you want to go back and watch promos the john cena one was could you imagine start. the the terror of your first feud being john cena arguably <laughs> the biggest wrestler the top, the top guy the alpha of, of right. wrestling at unreal that I would be shaking. I hate yeah. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, so go ahead and tell us why John Cena is your number one. <laughs> so, so Ryan, let's go. You don't uh, let's, ghosts. Let's, uh, let's go with you, Ryan. Um, what, what was your number one bit? Big, brawny, and crazy. Ultimate warrior. Uh, yeah. The ultimate Ryan. The ultimate Ryan. <laughs> like, if there is one guy I idolized myself after, I was like, well, he yells, he's very energetic, and people don't understand what he's saying half the time. Yep, that's me. <laughs> I see myself in the warrior. Uh, Ryan reincarnated as an 80s wrestler is the ultimate warrior. Yeah, yeah. Jacked uh, up, 100% yeah. energy at all times. Yeah, I'm not on, like, the HGH of that guy. No, was, no, sorry. I don't want to accuse warrior. you of HGH here. I just want to say. You do what you want, man. I'll, I'll test clean. <laughs> that's fine. That's it, Frank. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, no, like, uh, it goes back to, uh, uh, it was this time of, uh, you know, uh, seeing a bunch of guys that were wrestling, that were selling certain things. So you see, you were seeing your Hogan's, your Ric Flair's and everything else. And then in comes this maniac. I remember seeing his, uh, run in from his first, uh, squash match and you hear his music go off and then you just hear this, as he's running down the rampart and ultimate warrior this like i don't know like six foot two he's built like a, a defensive end in football just <laughs> running full board down the ramp you never see that everybody's just like you know when they do their entrance they want to see their song and see the fireworks go off and everything 
And Warrior's like, hey, time for some cardio. So he just <laughs> runs and then jumps up onto the uh, the ring and then starts, like, violently shaking the turnbuckle and everything, you know. And I'm just like, I get amped just thinking about him doing that. Just like, oh, my God. So I remember seeing that. Remember uh, my favorite memories of hamming Andre the Giant, like, over the head and everything and getting jacked up from that. Uh, his promos – I wouldn't sell him on his promos. Like, it really was the stuff of Mad Men. Incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Syllables. It's just syllables. And it's just... Oh, but, oh, <laughs> he, he went to like the Macho of, Man promo school, but he only picked up every sixth word. Every sixth word. So he might have hearing damage. Yeah, yeah. The, do you remember the one about Hogan. the... Uh, take the break into the cockpit... Played into a nosedive, and you're like, no, 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 no warrior. It was, it was, <laughs> there's a like, lot of jokes to go there, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that there. We'll just leave that there. Not cool, warrior. But that was that boy. was great to watch. Like when he really got keyed up. Like every time you thought he was down, he would like start shaking, and he would like grab the ropes and start freaking out. That's when you knew, man, it was all over with. Like. He was he was just so much uh, so much energy like too much energy to to be sustained in one person for any duration. Well, and I had a quick story. I remember. Uh, do you guys remember uh, years back when we were all living in Montgomery Village, and we went and saw Chromeo, and it was the night of Halloween, and we all dressed up as wrestlers. Uh, yep. uh, Frank, who did you go? You went as uh, uh, Big Sergeant Boss Slaughter. Man. Sergeant That's Sergeant right. Slaughter. I was hey, Rowdy right Roddy Piper. Right, right, uh, Piper. Spencer was Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm-hmm. I think yep. he was, yeah. Yes. Riley, and then you... I forgot who Riley was. And I was Ultimate Warrior. So we went and saw the show. We went and saw Chromeo. Yep. If you're not listening to Chromeo, listen to Chromeo. They're amazing. And then we went back to that local Irish pub afterwards. McGinty's. And I, yes. Yes. And we walked in and I won the uh, costume contest because I was walking around in my underwear with streamers on. When it was like October 31st and it was snowing for some reason. Dude, it's it like Halloween. And warrior. you walked in. You walked into a costume contest that you hadn't even entered into. And they just handed you like $50 in bar credit. <laughs> they're like, they're like, Whatever. third prize. The guy who just we- walked in in his underwear. <laughs> I just want <laughs> Then I turned that magically into shots for everybody. People you know, loved it. But guy. truly, he is, he is your spirit companion, Ryan. Correct. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right, so I'll go ahead and say my uh, my number one. Oh, we got some editing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So, Scott, what about your uh, number one? What do you got for us? My number one would be it's it's got to be Mr. WrestleMania, and that is John Michaels, the heartbreak kid, yeah. John Michaels. Um, I love HBK. He's a terrific athlete. He can sell, and like when like the Hell in a Cell match is one of his most famous matches against the Undertaker. Back in 1998, I think it was. You can find it on the network. He just gets his ass kicked the whole time. <laughs> and it is so good. Like, he can just sell everything. And then he had those classic WrestleMania matches with The Undertaker at the end of his career. Um, he's just a great worker, a great champion. He's, I think, the best stable in wrestling is DX. And the original DX is the best. It was the, the most crass. It was very rude. It was perfect for that attitude where they went. They took – their ratings were really low. So what they decided to do was take Howard Stern and Jerry Springer and turn it into wrestling. That is literally what they did. And, and it worked. The ratings went through the roof. It was not kid-friendly anymore. Um, and Michaels, Shawn Michaels was like the leader of that. Him and, you know, Austin and The Rock. And it was, his promos were fantastic. His rivalry with Bret Hart might be the best rivalry in wrestling, like, ever. Um, his matches were great. Terrific on the microphone. Great champion. Um, when he came, when he broke his back and when he came back um, four years later, his... It, it's like he didn't take any time off. It was, like, amazing. He was so – he was, like, worried that he wouldn't be able to do it, so he was going to do one more match with his best friend, Triple H. And Triple H was supposed to just carry the whole match. And then, like, very early on in the match, they changed it. Like, they were like, you're going to carry it. Like, you can, you can do this. It was just, like, on the fly like that. It was amazing. 
And um, his matches with Jericho were so good because Jericho was essentially Shawn Michaels Jr. Like they, it's all, it's very similar styles. And um, so it was, that was so much fun. And then my favorite Michaels memory is SummerSlam 2005 (laughs) at the Verizon Center or Capital One Arena, whatever the hell it was called now, but in D.C., um, my brother calls me like two days before and he's like, Hey, there's tickets for like 20 bucks. This is a pay-per-view and it was partial view. So we were like behind like the big Titan Tron, but it was, if we could see it was fine. But, um, and the main event he said was Michaels against Hulk Hogan. And I was like, I was like, sure, I'll go. It was like, again, it was like 20 bucks, 30 bucks or something like that. So we go and the backstory of it was like, Hogan is like a jerk. He doesn't want to ever lose to anybody. Like that's like how, how he is behind the scenes. So he wouldn't lose to Shawn Michaels and Michaels wanted to do like a best, do a one and one where Hogan would win one and then Michaels would win the other and Hogan wouldn't do it. He was like, we're going to do one match and I'm going to beat you. So, so strokes the goatee, strokes the old goatee and goes, this is not going to work for me, brother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest thing in the world was one, he did these promos where he just trashed him and called him old and everything like that. And this is like when he came back as like a born again Christian, but like, (laughs) he like, he left that at the door for some of those promos. (laughs) And, uh, and then, so we're at SummerSlam 2005, and the whole time Michaels just sabotages, sabotages the match. And um, he oversells it. He gets like slapped in the face, and he like rolls on the ground with <laughs> like a flip. And like, um, I flip it like a fish it, out of water. He gets tossed <laughs> over the ropes, lands on his feet, and then does a front flip. And like, you just like, just like, like, he, like oh, it was so great. So great how he just, like, and you would think, like, people would be mad because they paid money to see this great match. But if you, like, look at people's reactions on YouTube or whatever, listen to other wrestling podcasts or whatever, it's like they all loved, they loved how he sabotaged that match because that's how he really got over on Hogan. Like, yeah, yeah, he really won that match. By making Hogan the clown that he is. And Scott, you show me that footage. I'm watching him take like one open hand slap and turn it into like a, a catastrophic, like rolling yeah. all over the floor and just making a fool of the whole thing. And like that that's a great pick. HBK is an awesome, awesome number one. With what a, a great finisher too, though. The sweet chin, sweet chin music. Sweet chin Legendary, music. right? Talk about I'll devastation. Well, I'll say this. Like the the you know, we talked a little bit about the ladder match with Razor Ramon. That was really like my first uh Shawn Michaels uh introduction as a child. Uh you can go back, I wanna say is it WrestleMania eight where he teams with Rick Martel and fights like Tito Santana and Tatanka or I, I can't remember who he fights, but there's a match like that that makes you just watch and you go, okay, this guy's the real deal, right? Like, um, but the the Iron Man match at WrestleMania against Bret Hart um, is just some of the best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He he. It went to it went to overtime. <laughs> you know, it's 60 minutes. How many pins can you get in 60 minutes? Right? And they got none. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it went to over 60 minutes. It was. Uh, just to me unprecedented to see two people uh at the top of their their game you know it's it would be the equivalent of like if you took michael jordan and lebron and said play for two hours no timeouts no stop just keep going back and forth yeah and just you know whenever you're tired i guess the game's over and Um, they're like dead even the entire time like it's it's just and it's not anybody leaning on another person um like they're moving the entire time that that match, if you're a wrestling fan, it's something that you you just know by heart, and you're like, that was amazing. Uh, there are so many moments, Scott. I mean, you you mentioned Mr. WrestleMania. You can watch any WrestleMania match with him, and it's gold. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Iron Man match, it's the Undertaker matches, it's the Ric Flair match where he tells him I love you before he sweet chin uses him into retirement. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you laugh about it, but you're like, moment. God, that was such a great moment. Right, like you feel that moment, right? He does such a good job of making you feel something, uh, yeah. which, you know, you don't get that every time in wrestling, but that one there was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I do want to say this is practically I, I this is definitely our favorite wrestlers and not the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah, it's uh, all opinion. Uh, wrong, false. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> hey, I'll pit uh, Ultimate Warrior against any of you're all chumps. Like, don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> Ryan's pick of a guy who did three moves is definitely best wrestler. Okay. He, he ran, shook rope, pick up the and ring, did. and throw your wrestlers out. <laughs> it's good. Ryan's 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 guy's moveset is the same as the NES ones. Like, yeah, punch, kick, and throw, baby. What can I say? (laughs) Count him. Well, Ryan, Ryan, thank you for picking this topic. We, I hope a lot of people who were listening fell in love with the WWE Network, like we all did during quarantine. Um, Frank, thank you again for being the guest here, and um, we're available on all major plat uh, podcast platforms. Check out Frank's podcast. He's He and two of our friends, JJ and Dylan, have a podcast called Draft Eligible. So go ahead and check that one out as well. And um, if you want to be on the show, just let us know. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.